Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Guys, I'm continuing. Thanks for sharing. Take time right now. Take out your device. Share. I want you to be with me in this, uh, this, this series. It's powerful. I think it's been really life-changing. I want you to today to, to, to kind of see where I'm coming from in this. I want to change your thinking in the arena of thankfulness. I want to change your thinking in the arena of gratitude. I want to change your thinking in the arena of generosity. And today, I want to talk to you about the influences of your mind that transform the future of your life. The influences of your mind that literally transform the future of your life. I'm telling you, mankind moves in direction of our most dominant thoughts. Your thought life is, you have to maintain your thought life towards gratitude, otherwise we're going to have a problem. So this is what I want you to see. Because see, we're, we're, no, we're in this series of the art of, the art, the art of giving, the art of being thankful, the art of gratitude. And I'm going to show you something here. What does that mean? It's the characteristic of a person with an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of thankfulness, an attitude of generosity. If you're going to be generous and you're going to be thankful and you're going to give God gratitude, it's going to start with your thinking. I'm going to have to eradicate some thoughts that have been developed in your life that were not formed from the Word of God. They've been formed upon you and me by our opinions. And how many of you know our opinions do not hold any validity whatsoever compared to the Word of God? God said, give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. God said, I so loved the world, I gave my only begotten son. We never look more like God until we start giving. It's the truth. You will move in the direction of the most dominant thought you have. So it is very, very important that we start understanding this. That we, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a lot of keys. This is really, really cool. I'm going to give you a lot of keys today uh, that are going to help you in this arena of, of seeing this thing. And I'm telling you what, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be really strong because um, I think the thing that's most important is this: is sometimes we forget how important it is. You know, just to um, just to really, just to really make sure. I don't know how to say this like this. To really make sure we're keeping an eye on whether you know, like I wish we had like a thanks, a thankful monitor, a gratitude meter, a generosity place to go. I think it's really important because there's things that I want you to recognize about staying thankful, how they produce benefits in your life, and how it's going to start with dominant thoughts. So I want you to do this. Remember this: you and I will move as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Remember that? So you will move in the direction of your most dominant thinking. So here's what I'm saying. If your thinking isn't generous, if your thinking isn't to be thankful, if your thinking isn't to be gracious and have gratitude. You know what I mean? Graciousness means you give, you give God grace. That's a statement right there you didn't get. Now let me say this right here. When have you been gracious to God? Because God's been gracious to you. Well, I, the, things aren't working out right in my life. Why don't you give God a measure of the grace he gave you? You ever think of that? It's not working out good, so I'm taking my Christian marbles and I'm going home. I don't want to play no more. No, wait a minute. When are you gracious to God to go, God, you know what? I might not understand what's going on in my life, but I trust you. I'm going to walk this out because I know you don't want nothing bad for me, but I don't understand the seasons. I've said this a, a hundred times over the last couple months in my mind. I might not understand the plan, but I understand God's character. The plan, sometimes I have no idea. I'm like, man, if this is, well, this is wild. But I understand God's character, so I never allow the plan to overwhelm how I see God in his character. I just know he's good. See what I'm saying? So go slow. So pull this in. 
Look what it says in Romans 12, 21. Okay? NLT. Really good. Don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing good. Ain't that good? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't let evil get the best of you, man. It's all around us. I don't want to be thankful. I want to be mumbling and complaining and doing those. I got eight. I literally got eight key strategies to help you remain thankful and to help you remain gracious. And, and now I'm going to tell you, this one's really good, right? And helping you stay, keep the level of generosity. Because let me tell you something about generosity. Having a heart of giving. When pressure hits you, this is the funny thing about money. You don't really, really get too involved with thinking about money in the area of giving. Like, you know, you're cool with giving until you got financial pressure. Once you get financial pressure, now you start questioning the giving. I've had people ask me, like, actually tell me this. Now, I'm going to tell you me, okay? And I've had people tell me this, and they're, they're probably, they don't, they're not watching because they're outside there. They said, I can't afford, I can't afford to tithe, they said. And I said, you can't afford not to. Now, this is the deal I made with God in the beginning. I'd starve to death, personally, before I didn't give God what he deserves. And wouldn't care. <laughs> I wouldn't care because in the beginning of this, I first we, first month in the church, they I caught it. I said, man, if I got to take care of the car, the house, and all that stuff, and deal with this, if I put God five in the list, He said, you take care of the house, you take care of the car, you take care of the kids, you take care. And then I'll come in where you put me. I said, bump that. I'm putting you first. I slept good every night, no matter what financial pressure we were maybe in, and laughed about it because I knew he would get me out. I'm getting ready to take on probably the greatest vision casting season of our life because it's time. So that means you have to develop these things. See what I'm saying? But when the pressure shows up, man, there's evil around, people questioning what you're doing. Don't ever lose the consciousness that whatever influences your mind is definitely going to influence your life. I'm telling you, man, once those things creep in, it tries to mess you up. Remember this. No matter how, just write this down. No matter how hard, no matter how hard evil tries to destroy you, evil cannot destroy you. So it does all it can to discourage you. Okay, we read that scripture, didn't we? Right? Don't let the evil get the best of you, but conquer it by doing good. Keep doing the right thing. Stay thankful. Stay, stay in an attitude of gratitude. Attitude of gratitude fixes your altitude. You know that? You hear these kind of slogans, but it's true. Man, I got some stuff in the back end that is going to mess you up. Because really, I've really been pulling this in. Nothing, when your attitude changes, nothing can change with your circumstances, but you just see the world totally different. You just totally do. Because you're not, you're not allowing it to move you. Because what, what this stuff tries to do is break your focus. Okay? No matter how hard evil tries to destroy you, it cannot destroy you. So it does everything it possibly can to discourage you. It's going to try to speak every negative thing you've ever heard in your entire life in the process of life. It just screams evil. Internally, I told you when Adam fell, mankind was open to reason. You understand this? Lucifer brought reason in the garden. God was just yes, amen, yes, never a no. Now reason comes in. Once reason comes in, reason stood forever. So now me and you have evil speaking to us unconsciously, un invisible, just saying, what are you, right, coming and bombarding your mind. This is why you have to compartmentalize your thoughts. You have to be a mind manager. Where'd that come from? It's connected to life or death. Come on, guys, you know this stuff. It's going to try to tell you every negative possible thing you could hear, and you don't want to hear it, trust me. Look at Job 3.25, New King James, right? I'm telling you, Job said it, man. He said it in Job 3.25. He explains, he says, look, he says, for the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. 
that was running around. That's one of the reasons why Job, I think, got himself in a little bit of trouble because the thing he feared came upon him. That's why the enemy wants you to keep negative, negative things because you'll start attracting it to law. You know what I'm saying? So you got to really make sure you, you fight against these things because you don't want to carry it. Because what happened was this, because he says later on in Job, he wanted God to guard his mouth. Because here's why the enemy wants negative coming at you. It's going to come out of your mouth sooner or later if you keep meditating on it. And that's what he needs, his words. So in Job chapter 9, he says, when I put away my complaint, God could basically minister to my life. So you see, he started, he started going through the process, but it was all fear-based. Now, I want to explain something to you. Job is no different than me and you. Everything you see in the earth is either faith or fear. Every thought is either faith or fear. So you got to ask yourself the question, are we that far removed from how Job is thinking? Absolutely not. We, we walk in the same, the same arena of thought as Job did, and hopefully we understand that we must press through these things because as we said, look at this. Now, this is a big one, and I, and I want you to pull this in, okay? And I need you to see this. What are some of the big problems with this stuff? Well, what happened, I feel, is this. Job started complaining, you know? And I could, I, 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 um, I could pull, that to, pull that for you. I'll pull that up because um, I was thinking about this scripture of the day. And, um, you know, one of the things I kind of thought about, it, I was like, man, I was like, Job, Job, Job um, was really um, trying, to, trying to get an understanding that if he could put away his complaint, he could transform his life. Isn't that good? I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, if I could stop complaining, right? Job, um, Job 9.27, that's a new one in there, so give us a minute. Job 9.27, it's fine. Um, if you leave it in the King James, it'll be perfect. Look what he says here. He says, if I say I will forget my complaint, I will leave off my heaviness and comfort myself. Isn't that good? He said, if I will what? Forget my complaint. He says, if I could stop complaining, right? Is that what he said? I'm afraid of all my sorrows. I know. If I will forget my complaint, I will leave off my what? My heaviness. He says, you're, you're making your heavy, you're, you're making, you're, look. You're, you're, you're making it heavy because you keep meditating on garbage, right? Look what it says in the Amplified. You want to see it in the Amplified? It just overexpounds it a little bit. Take your time, but check this out, guys. This is why you got to share this stuff. Go help your friends. And you better start really reaching out to people, bringing them to church. We need to get this campaign going where we're inviting people for Christmas time. People are hurting, man. There's so many people hurting in the earth. They need hope. Let's bring them to the church. If I say I will forget my complaint, I will put off my sad continence and be of good cheer and brighten up. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? So come on, man. Are we doing that? You say, no, Pastor Chris, I ain't doing that. Why? Well, you better start. Here's one of the biggest problems. You want to know one of the biggest problems we got? Our past. Our past is dictating our future. Scary. What did I say about your past? Thoughts. I said thoughts. Thoughts of the past are, are fugitives of the past. Rebellious thoughts, negative thoughts. They're, this is really why they're, 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 they're this. Okay. The born again experience gave you the acceptance of the mind of Christ. Access to it. Okay. So only thing these lies, these garbage thoughts are, they're fugitives from the past. Fugitives of the past trying to take refuge in your mind to have a future. That's what they are. That's what they are. They want, they want to get in there and take, and take refuge for the future. Man, get rid of those things. There is, write this down, there is no future in your past. Get out of it. Do you see what I just said? That's a law. You can't go looking in your past and find a future. It doesn't take you there. It doesn't take you there. Ain't that good? There's no future in your past. So why in the heaven would you go looking in that thing, probing it, trying to figure it out? I'm going to tell you right now, that's good for counseling. Right? Like, oh, let's go back. No, there ain't no future in that. You want to see it? You know, it's funny, right? My buddy says it like this. Look at the size of your rearview mirror and look at the size of your windshield. 
right? Your windshield's like ginormous and your rear view mirrors are these two little goofer things over there. It's kind of like telling you like, man, you know, and, and if you think about it, what's that, what's that kind of trying to, trying to get you to see is if, if, you know what I mean? Forward vision is a bigger perspective than rear view mirror, right? Because this is all in front of me. But some of you, you ever do this? You ever do this? You ever drive like this and just keep looking in the mirror back there? You're going to smash into something, man. Come on, you know what I'm saying? If you're just going forward in life, you're not even looking at those things. You know, I know it's a crazy analogy, but just think of it, right? It's kind of funny, though, ain't it? You know, you think about it like little mirror over here, big old windshield. Why? Because your future is brighter going forward than it is going backwards. Look what it says in Philippians 3.13. I put it in New King James and then I put it in NLT. Y'all know these scriptures, but you need to hear them because sooner or later when I say them, this faith comes by hearing. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. They're ahead. NLT reads a little easier. Kind of the New Living Translation just kind of, it expounds just a little bit. About dear brothers, it says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I'm still not all I should be, but I'm focusing all of my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Are we doing that? Are we, are we, are we, are we producing? Are we pushing forward to produce? Are we pushing forward to produce? These, these, these truths in our life or we keep looking backwards. Because here's the thing. Nothing, nothing is going to take the place of God's word taking you into the future. Okay? Meaning this. You cannot look at the regrets, the pain, the problems of the past and become, you'll be a prisoner of it. So you can't go there. So stay out of there and go forward. Like say, well, I now remember I asked you this. I asked, are you, are you negative? Right, a couple Sundays ago, I said, are you a negative person? Are you, are you negative? Are you, are you, do you grumble? Do you complain? Do you mumble? Do you, do you, do you talk about stuff you shouldn't talk about? Right? Are you gossiping? Are you a busybody? This is gonna be great today. I can feel it. I mean, are, are you a busybody? I'm just being serious. It's, it's, not, it's not God-like character. You don't, you, don't want, you don't want to go labeling your life like this. So you have to get the affirmation of God's word and go forward, you know? You have to hold fast. This is a big thing, right? Remember this. There's no other exercise on the face of the earth that is more beneficial to your future than you becoming a person that is affirming God's word constantly. And let me explain that word to you, affirming God's word. That means you're constantly saying what God says about a situation. You know what I mean? Even though you want to have an emotional response, you're not going to allow yourself to do it. So basically what I'm trying to get you to see is Jesus is trying to get us to understand that if you're going to do this, it's kind of like this. Let's use this scripture right here for time's sake because i got to go give you like these eight things and I'm going to be scrambling, but it'll be okay. Look at Hebrews 10, 10.23. Okay, look at, look at, look at uh, Hebrews 10.23 and the King James. And then I'm going to read these others. And then I'm going to read Hebrews 10.35. I got the God's word. And at 10.39, they read a little clearer. Look at this. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful, that promise. Hold fast the what? Profession. That word, that word says confession. Hebrews 10.23, right? And I can prove this to you. Check this out. Look at it in the Amplified. Just pull that Amplified up. You're going to love this. Hebrews 10, 23. Amplified. It really expounds it. I think it's clean. So let it, listen, you got it? Yeah. So let, um, um, 10, 23, right? That's what I said. So let us seize and hold fast and retain without it wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure, faithful to his word. So he said confession. We confess it. Isn't that cool? I'll tell you another one too. You want to see another one? Um, he going to keep us clean, man. I'm telling you. You, you. you got it. You got to confess it. 
Let me show you something. One. This is a good one, right? You get ten. Thir- uh, let's go over to. Um, uh, we'll go over here to ten thirty-five. Uh, ten thirty-five. God's word. I got it in God's word, but we can find thirty-five and thirty-nine. It says this: um, um, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. So your confidence needs to be in the word of God. Listen to what it says in God's word. So don't lose your confidence. It will bring you a great reward. Trees a little cleaner. Don't lose your confidence in God's word. You know what starts happening? You start slipping in your confidence in God's word, so your mouth starts slipping. You don't trust it as good. That's on you, not God. Right? Look at 1039. 1039, that's a good one too. Hebrews 1039. It's good scriptures, right? Look at this. We are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that what believe to the what saving of the soul. Listen to what God's word says. We don't belong with those who turn back and are destroyed. Instead, we belong with those who have faith and are saved. See that? Stay on the faith side of it. Keep your confidence in the word of God and keep the word of God to be part of your confession. Don't say nothing different. This is for your head. Okay? This is for your head. Now, I want to give you strategies. I've found, I've found eight strategic strategies that I think that if you start applying in your life, will start helping you and me go to a greater level of understanding that being thankful and not complaining and not mumbling and not grumbling and keeping the right mind frame. So first half of this, I tried to get your mindset to understand how important this is. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't get your head. You got to think like this. Uh, I'm thinking broke. You cannot think broke, man. How are you going to be generous if you think broke? You with me? How are you going to do this? How in the heaven are you going to be generous ever in your life if you think broke? You can't help nobody. You can't even help yourself. You're going to help somebody? You ain't going to help nobody. So, right? So, that's, what is that called? Genero- the art of giving. Is this what we're in? Generosity. How are you going to be generous? You ain't going to be generous if you ain't got no money. You, you, well, you can't be. Well, guess what? So, you, I can give my time. You can give your time and you can labor. But you know what I'm saying. I'm talking about how you're going to do this. So I got to have understanding. I got to think rich thoughts. Okay? Boom. Next. Well, I, I complain. That's because you're ungrateful. Why do people complain? Oh, because they're mad. No, they're ungrateful. So you got to get gratitude at another level. How about this? Well, I don't think, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not thanking God for this. I'm not, I'm not thankful when you don't understand the power of thanksgiving. This is the art of changing this stuff. Where's that going to start in my head? Now, I told you this. When I look at my circumstances and my situations and they look like, boom, they're, they're bogus, what happens? I'm not giving God no praise. Why? Because I don't like emotionally what's going on and therefore I'm not excited about it and therefore I'm not really too keen or apt to be like, hey, yeah, praise the Lord. That's all wrong mentality. So we're showing you that your mentality must change with the thinking. And then here's the safeguards, eight strategies. I might even give you a couple more, but eight at least, I know, of understanding how to get my life at another level in this arena. Number one, listen to this. You have to resist unthankfulness like it's sin and it is grievous to the Holy Spirit. This is going to be powerful. You have to resist unthankfulness thankfulness or the lack of being thankful as a sin and it grieves the spirit of God. It's true, it does. I'll show you the whole thing in Ephesians chapter 4 and 30. Ephesians 4, 30, we can go there. King James is great. I want to show you, I'm telling you, man, if you get get a revelation of this, because a lot of people don't know this stuff, right? And you you read Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 is about the anointing. Um, a lot of times, right? In 4.30, he said this. He said, he talks about your mouth. Now, can I, can I, can I show you this a little bit? Can I show you? Let's just do this. Let's just read verse 20, 4.20 through 20 through 30. Because you're going to learn a lot with this. Okay? And I can even use some of this. I'll piggyback some of this stuff. Okay? So 4.20 says, but if you've so learned Christ, 
right? If you learned about Jesus and so be you heard of him and you were taught by him and his truth is in Jesus in verse 21, you would put off the former conversation of the old man which was corrupt and deceitful lust. So he starts talking about your mouth, right? This is the whole sermon pretty much. Watch your mouth. Watch what comes out of your mouth, right? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, 23, remember that? Didn't we just talk about that? Renew your mind to the new man. The new man doesn't think like that. The new man doesn't talk like that. The new man doesn't act like that. The new man doesn't go there. The new man's not about that life. That ain't the new man. That was the old man. That you put on the new man, 24, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. See what I'm saying? Now let me tell you something right now. Now 24 talks about a holy life. Now this is where the church needs to be rebuked and I might as well do it. I'm going to start opening my mouth. I'm going to tell you another thing that's getting ready to happen. I'm going to start opening my mouth bold and long and strong. You better get ready. I'm serious because I'm done with these ding-dongs. They're out of their mind. They're twisted and they're twisted. And the church, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take an apostolic stance and put this thing right. And that's it. Relevant church is what we're about. Right there, Tells you to live a holy life 24. You understand what I just said? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not excluding nobody, but God don't want you out there sleeping around and drinking and doing drugs and acting like a fool. You understand me? Holiness is for today. Okay? Mercy and grace is not God's sloppy bucket plan to clean up your mess. Live holy because you can live holy. And that's what it says in the Bible. Right? He said what? He said, hey, I'm going to tell you now, you were created in righteousness, right standing with God, and holiness. Did you read 24 over? You just don't know who you are. Let me tell you, every Christian partaking in sinful activities has no idea who he is. You don't need this garbage. You don't need to unwind. You don't need none of this stuff. Wake up. Stop living like the world lives, and think you need to partake of this stuff. You don't need to be watching perverted stuff. You don't need to be doing dirty things. You understand me? You don't need to be uh, sipping and tipping and smoking and jerking around, and these morons now making drugs legal, and then all the Christians want to know, can I do it? What, what, what inside of you wants to do it? What, what desire inside of you would even want this? The Apostle Paul said, there's nothing in the world that I want, and there's nothing in the world that wants me. Why are we going to start asking questions that make sense sooner or later? We always want to, what can I get away with? And you got a bunch of ding-dongs pushing the body forward that don't even know what's going on. I didn't mention no names, so you don't know what I'm talking about, so it's not okay. Pushing the body forward and going, oh, this is all okay. Separation is not okay. Uh, because we have difference of opinions, and where's love come in? When do we come in to forgive? You know, it's funny, too, and you got this whole cancel, cancel whatever this thing is, I don't even know, this stupid, whacked-out culture where if somebody does something, my God, in heaven, they could get 90 years of forgiveness, but if somebody else does it, they don't get no forgiveness. I want to know when everybody starts getting judged at the same standard of forgiveness. When's that going to happen? You're fools. Don't buy these lies of nonsense and garbage from fools. You know, the Bible says if the blind follow the blind, they end up in a ditch. Start getting around somebody that can see and understands and follow them. Paul said, follow me, I'm following Christ. You can follow me because I'm following Christ. You can follow Pastor Chris because he's following Christ, and I ain't compromising none of Christ for none of this nonsense. And that's what I'm saying. See, so see here? Why I got to be like that? Well, I'm going to tell you why you got to be like that. Come on, baby. Why I got to be like that, Pastor Chris? Here, right here. Here's why. We got to be like that because he said this. Wherefore, put away all this stuff. Put on the new man, 24, which after God is created in righteousness and holiness. What were you created in? Righteousness and holiness. That's your DNA. My DNA is holiness. Holiness isn't a movement that happened in the 70s and we all forgot about it. Hello? It's a quality of life we're supposed to live. Ooh, Pastor Chris, you spicy. No, I'm not spicy. I'm trying to help you understand this stuff. 
Because we want to dumb down the gospel and stop making it like a standard to live up to. And we want to lower the bar so we can get away with it. Give me a break. No. Wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry, it's okay, but sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Don't give no place to the devil, verse 27. Watch 28. Y'all know 28. I always quote 29. Let him that steal, steal no more. But rather let him labor with his hands, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needs. Now watch 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Then it may minister grace to the hearers. So that's basically saying, if I'm going to open my mouth, if it's not edification coming out of my mouth, if it's not edifying, building someone up, I don't need to have it coming out of my mouth. And if it doesn't minister grace to somebody, don't say it. So if somebody slips and I want to go gossip about it, or somebody acts a fool and I want to go gossip about it, that's not ministering grace. Like, you ever see somebody jack up and you start talking good about them and people are looking at you like, dude, give them grace. One day you're going to need it. Trust me, sow it. And look at verse 30 because this is big. Verse 30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed into the day of redemption. How do you mean grieve not the Spirit of God? You grieve him with your mouth. Don't grieve God. I must understand that a heart of unthankfulness is sin and grieves the Spirit of God. I don't want nothing to do with it. I don't want to go near it. I need to fight against it. Do you see that? So a negative mindset, an unthankful mindset, an ungenerous, um, stingy, holding back the blessing mindset, there's sin. Look at it like sin. Don't do it. Being unthankful. Being like, you know, well, you know, I'm not going to give God no praise, nothing good. No. Being ungracious. Minister grace into the hearer. No. Give it anyway. I, I'm not going to give. Give it any. Man, one time, I'll tell you something funny. I had these people in the church, right? And it, they couldn't get it together if they tried. They're not here no more. They couldn't get it together if they tried. And seriously, if Jesus would have walked through the wall and told them to do it, they still wouldn't get it right. They were that, like, dysfunctional in the way they did this. And it was around the holiday, and I really, God really dealt with me. He said, you need to give, you need to give the money. And I'm thinking, dude, I am not giving these people money. It wasn't church money. It was my money. I said, I de- maybe I would give them church money. I don't do that. I, I got to get that all signed off stuff. But I said, maybe I'll give them church money. But I definitely ain't giving them my money because these ding-dongs, they ain't, they ain't going to make it out the door with this thing, even put it in the right way. They, they'll be buying lottos or something crazy. And I don't, you know, they, they just don't, they don't think right. I never forget what God did. He rebuked me. And he said, it ain't your money anyway. That was me. He said, it ain't your money. It's my money. And I told you to give money because I want, I want them to see my love even in their dysfunction. I'm going, you got to be kidding me, dude. And I did it. And it was right around the holiday. And I said, what about this? And I said, and I made it. The only thing I said, and maybe I got in the way a little bit, I wanted the kids to see that God was good. Because they were going to do some stuff for the kids. That I'll do all day long. But you know what I'm saying? And here I am trying to hold back mercy from God because I don't see them qualified for the blessing. That's not being generous. What do I care what you do with it? That ain't my business. Let people see God. See what I'm saying, man? I'm telling you this stuff's deep, man. When you start looking at it, like sometimes I think we get in the way more than we do. All right, here's another one, right? Boom. Look at this one. Being thankful. Man, get away from all conversation that speaks unkind words. Even with you and God, right? Get away. We said that. Don't let corrupt communication. Stop talking about stuff that doesn't build people up. You know, you know, like if all your conversations about talking about somebody, get a new hobby. You know what I'm saying? Is this going to minister grace? You know, it was funny. I just, uh, we, were, we were kind of reminiscing and um, kind of 
we were kind of looking back at ministry and some seasons we spent some times, places, you know, I just left a place where we spent a lot of time together. And we were talking about some of the people, you know, and um, some of the people just really, uh, it was really crazy, you know, some crazy stuff. And we never, during the whole conversation, we laughed, but I don't, there was not an unkind word said, even about people that just really did some really crazy stuff. Like it was like, if you could say, you could say, man, these people are crazy. But you know, it, it was kind of like, it was joyful to like reminisce, but not gossip. It was cool to go back and go, oh, you remember so-and-so? And just go like, and not saying like, oh my God, this guy couldn't get it. The guy still can't get it right. You know what I mean? That's not what it's about. What it's about is you can have a conversation about anything and even dysfunctional people, but not engage in the thing that belittles someone. You know, and it's funny, like, I love it. Like, can I give you construction? Can I give you constructive criticism? Yeah, if you ever constructed something. You know what I mean? It's funny how dysfunctional people always want to constantly give you constructive criticism when they've constructed nothing with their own life. Mm-hmm. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Ain't that true? Like, I, I, I could say something. You know, that's what Jesus did, right? He said, didn't he, didn't he do that with the, with, the, with the woman that was calling adultery? He said, I could say something, but I'm not. Go, go for sin no more. He found a woman with the issue of blood. He said, I could say something, but your sins be forgiven. There was nothing wrong with her, you understand? He found a woman at the well. He said, hey, look, I know what's going on, honey, but the bottom line is this, is that you could be okay. Just go find a well and go to it. Come on, you see what I'm saying? The one that could say something, the senior success to the mentee could say something, but I'm giving you grace, man. Get away from this goofy conversation because you know what it does? You start talking unthankful, unkind, all this stuff. You become an atmosphere for this junk and you attract it. True. How about this one? Get three. Get your focus on the blessings of God. Get your focus on the blessings of God, and that it'll create a future that's so bright, you'll forget about your past. Make your future so big, you forget about your past. Ain't that good? Come on. What does Psalm 68, 19 say? That's a new one. King James is great. It says, man, he daily loads me up with benefits. Come on. Focus on the wonderful blessings Success that God wants you to have. Look at this. Psalm 68, 19. What's it say? It says, blessed be the Lord who daily loads with the benefits, even the God of our salvation. Right? What's that mean? That means, man, look at the blessings of God. Make your future so big and so bright you forget about the past. You just go, no more past. Go past nothing, future everything. Come on, somebody. Look in the windshield, not the rearview mirror. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Here's a big one. Here's a big one. Um, here's, I like this one. You ready for this one? Practice, number four, because i got to give you eight of these. Start practicing, start practicing the art of being thankful and spiritually growing in thanksgiving by your words unto God. Thank God. Make Thanksgiving a continual practice on the daily. Does that make sense? Like every day, start thanking God. Get up in the morning, thank you, God. Before you get out of bed, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for another day. Thank you, God, for an opportunity. On the way to work. It's not going to take that long. Thank God. You know, oh, Thanksgiving's over. You know, here comes January. No, 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 no. Put Thanksgiving in the place of prayer. Isn't it the password to his presence? Password of praise and thanksgiving. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, force huge. Continually, continually be thankful. Start practicing being thankful. Start practicing being gracious. Start practicing being generous. Just start being thankful. Start thanking everybody for everything. Somebody hands you something at work, thank you. You know what I mean? Something, thank you. Just go somewhere, go somewhere where you go somewhere where you. You go with your daily routine and just be thankful. You ever say anybody, you ever, you, ever, you ever just tell somebody thank you? You ever have somebody tell you thank you for something you do and made you feel so good that somebody appreciated you? 
And now you're sitting here, you don't understand the power of thanksgiving? Give me a break. How do you think it makes God feel? Hey, you know what I told God one day, you know what I tell God a lot? I don't care if you knew another thing for me. I'm going to heaven, man. Thank you. I don't get caught up in all that stuff. You ever think about dying and going to hell? You should. You're good for some of you. You could have died and went to hell. How bad you got it now? You know, the people that passed away in the church that came in for a season and passed away, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't take that lightly. and I, I, don't, I, don't, I want them to live the most, most, most blessed life they can possibly live. But you know what? Sometimes I even ask myself, maybe the season we had with them was the season for them to get it with God so they could go be in heaven. Who am I? Who, I, who am I to figure this out? I'm not saying that God takes people. He don't take people. You guys know that stuff. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I had one, well, I'll tell you who was. One of the guys been with me a long time. Long, long time. You know who I'm talking about. Dear to my heart. Came in my office crying, told me I saved him. He said, you saved my life. Tears were running down his face. He said, you saved me. I said, I didn't save you, man. I'm crying. I'm like, I didn't save you. God, Jesus saved you. He goes, no, I came in that little church, and you saved me. You spent time with me. You saved me. I said, I didn't save you, man. And I was like, well, maybe that was the journey. I don't know. Be thankful. Be thankful for the time you had with people. Be thankful for God bringing them in. Be thankful God can maybe use you. Be, just be thankful for crying out loud. And stop looking at what's not around. Maybe when you start looking at what you have and stop looking around what's not there, you'll finally start getting the stuff you need. But that's, that's a bozo way to do it anyway. Because now I'm going to try to double down and do it like this. How about you just be thankful? I tell God all the time, I don't give a rip if you do another thing for me the rest of my life. I can care less. I'm going to heaven, baby. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to be in heaven with God forever. That's enough. Now I'm just going to knock the devil out in the earth and, and twi- fix all these liberal nitwits that are off their rocker. They're going to be my next, the next thing I attack. Demonic goofiness. Because I want to go, <laughs> oh, you don't need God. The, the, the church needs God. The schools need God. The earth needs God. America needs God. The world needs God. Everybody needs God. That's the end of that. But they know what they're doing. They're break. Five. Here's a big one. I like what David said in Psalm 34, 18. I like it. Challenged my thought. I was on the plane. And I, was th- I thought about this. I didn't, I, 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 sometimes, sometimes I don't, I didn't really, um, the next couple of these I kind of got out of there. The Lord is nigh unto them who are brokenhearted and, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. What he's saying is this, it's brokenness. And, you know, I know God puts us back together, but David understood something about staying broken. And I don't want you to get the wrong image here. Not broken like you can't function in life. You're not a broken crayon and all that goofy stuff. I'm broken in his presence. And I'm repentant of my heart. For seasons when I wasn't grateful. Seasons when I haven't been thankful. In times and seasons in the future where I'm forgetting God, I'm going to come back. And point number five is this. I'm going to be broken in spirit to be repentive of seasons in my life when I haven't been thankful. And I haven't been generous. And I haven't been grateful. You know what I'm saying? Because there's times in the past, there were some seasons God wasn't getting nothing out of me. Because I was having a little pity party about what was going on in my life. There's going to be seasons in my future, God didn't get much praise out of me. Trust me, a rock took my place for a minute in the area of praise. But I'm going to keep a right kind of heart that sometimes when I know I'm not really producing what I need to produce in the area of thankfulness, gratitude, and graciousness, and all that stuff, I'm going to start making sure I, I fix that through repentance. Six, come on. Oh, i got to hurry up. Six, you ready for this? Let's go on. No matter what season of life you're going in, don't let the trials and ste- don't let the trials and tests stop you from being thankful. It's a big one. That is a big one. Because it says, count it all joy when you fall into these things. But isn't that the truth? We don't think these trials are going to cease. 
We don't think God's going to give us full deliverance. We don't think that in the middle of the test. We just see the trouble. Does that make sense? When you start understanding that God, why do we give him praise? Because he's going to get you out. So when the middle of the trial and test shows up, right, wasn't that James's whole idea? He said, count it all joy, brother, when you fall in the various tests and trials and temptations. Count it all joy. What are you talking about? Be thankful. Be gracious. Why? Not because of the problem, but because I'm going to give you the deliverance. I'm going to give you the victory. I'm going to, this thing's going to stop. Sooner or later, it's going to stop. And I'm going to give you the breakthrough that you need in your life. How many times do we have the foresight to see that? Sometimes not a lot. Seven. Seven and eight. I like it. Ready? It's a big one. Eight's tough, but it's going to be okay. Seven's powerful. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. Keep your focus. This is so good. I wrote this down. Unthankfulness will stop the flow of blessings in your life. Unthankfulness is contagious. And unthankfulness has one ultimate goal, to break your focus. Never allow your focus to be broken because unthankfulness is around you. Did you get that? Because when you're on your goal, you're thanking God. But once your focus breaks, what don't I have? I'm telling you, man, focus is huge here. Did that make sense? Like, when you're like this, you're like one-track mind, you're like, thank you, God. But then when your focus gets broken and you can't see the end... You're going to be, your mouth's going to be all over the place, man. Keep a picture in front of you where you want to go. Right? Well, he told you that in Philippians 3, right? He said, he said brethren, I have not, I've, I, I count myself not to apprehend it, but this one thing I do, I forget the things which are behind, and I reach forth for the prize. He's talking about focus. He said, as long as you're focused on the future, man, you can't get waylaid in this thing. Keep yourself connected. And eight, eight's a tough one, but... You're going to have to remove unthankful people from your circle of friendship. Because it's contagious. Evil communication is going to corrupt good manners. You need to teach these kids this. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Evil communication corrupts good manners. What does that mean? You hang around with the wrong people, you're going to become them. Now watch, let me show it to you. Have you ever done this? Have you ever gone around people that are unthankful? Grumbling, contentious, complaining, never see anything good, negative, 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 negative. You walk in there with a good flow, and they what? Their negativity is contagious. Next thing you know, you're negative, you're contagious, you're messed up, you're goofed up, and now you're on a path you don't want to be on, and you left the attitude of gratitude, and now it's changed your whole atmosphere you're living in. Not because, listen to me, not because anything changed with your life. Crazy, ain't it? You could be having a great day right now. Somebody negative could pick up the phone tonight, call you, negative, 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 negative. You ever have negative people call you up with their negative problems and that negative opportunity becomes your battle? Now you're negative about something. You don't even know what the heck you're talking about. I had one time, I'll give you a quick story. I talked to these people. They all told me this preacher was, was, not, was not right. So I meet the guy, and the first thing I'm thinking in my head, this guy's wrong. Something's wrong with him. Every single person that told me the same thing had no idea who this guy was. When I met him, I found out the guy was totally polar opposite. The stuff that people were thinking was untrue. And I had to go for my own opinion about the guy. And I literally had to fight through my thoughts of the negative people that said something about the man that should have never opened their mouth because they didn't know anything about him. Why do you believe what you believe? Why do you see what you see? Why do you hear what you hear? Be careful to filter this stuff because what it does is this. You not only just become negative. Watch this. You don't just become negative to people. You start becoming negative in your mindset. You start becoming unthankful in your mindset. You stop becoming generous in your mindset. You quit. Want to know why people get burnt out with, with helping people? Because sometimes you help the wrong person and they take advantage and now you don't think you want to help no more. Good stuff. Good stuff. Qualify the people you help. I agree with that. But here's the big thing. Don't start becoming negative because of a couple of bad apples. I'm telling you right now, man, it's still the character of God even though people don't know how to respond to you. It is what it is. And once you start setting your head 
in this order of understanding that this is where God wants me to be because it's the benefit for my life. Now you might say, but if I do this, I'm gonna extend myself, I can get hurt. You can't because if you extend it the right way with God, he won't allow you to get hurt. He won't let the hurt stick because you look like him in the earth. That's the key. That's why we're doing it. I'm not doing it because of me. I'm doing it for them. Why am I doing it for them? Because he wants to show them that he's real. And the only way you're going to show the them that he's real, you're going to have to go out of your way. You're going to have to stretch. Love's going to do what's most beneficial for the recipient. That's what it is. So it's going to be thankful, gratitude. It goes towards God, goes towards people, goes up generously, goes out generously, has generosity in it. Gets gener- but then it's also, too, reap grace, gives God grace, even when seasons you don't know what's going on. Telling you, it works hand in hand. You're going to learn a lot. It's powerful, amen? Let's be grateful. We've got a couple more weeks of doing this. Press it in. Next week, we're getting ready for the holiday. We've got two couple. I think it's like two more weeks before the month's over, whatever it is. Let's stay on being gracious and grateful and thankful and living the art of giving. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord. You're leading them. You're guiding them. You're helping them. You're revealing who you are into them. And let us walk in gratefulness, gratitude, the blessing of God, the understanding of who we are in Christ Jesus, to walk in this thankfulness and this gratitude and this gracious act of kindness. Let us have random acts of kindness to show the love of God to the earth and let us walk in the freedom that you've given us in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and everybody said amen, amen, amen. Don't forget, we're right around the corner. Gobble, gobble. Turkeys are coming. Let's go, man. Get ready. Get your turkey. Let's get ready to go shove the love of God. If you're not on the list, you got to be on the list. This should be the last weekend. I'm almost positive, guys. So if you need to be on there, you better get on there. Don't forget, a lot of cool stuff getting ready to take place. Some of our outreaches, we're doing some cool stuff. And then we're going to be getting ready for the holiday. Christmas is right around the corner. Stay updated what's going on. And I want you to notice, I'm going to see you Sunday 9 and 1030. I got a word for you, and it's going to be powerful. I'll see you then. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.